What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another Beyond the Chair podcast. It's a new week. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm back, but in close succession to the last podcast, I'm, I'm doing my best this year to be more regular and familiar in you guys' life. I don't want to be that absentee father. But in today's podcast, we're going to talk about your barbering career from A to Z, the evolution of a barber and what I see from a lot of people in this industry. And it's actually quite interesting because <clears throat> the beginning is very, very uh, interesting. And you can look back to how people are, how they treat people in the beginning is usually how the tale of the story is going to end. And what happens a lot of times is you'll see barbers, they'll come into the barber industry, very humble, eager to learn, willing to learn from just about anyone for the most part. You know, you do have a few bad actors out there that can only learn from someone if they got, you know, they talk like them, look like them, <clears throat> things like this, which those type of people, those type of people get pimped. And because if you could only learn from someone, if they're black, if they're white, if they're Hispanic, if they're Asian, I'm sorry for you, but you're going to get pimped every time because people like this, they don't get very far because if the information has to come from this particular person has to sound this particular way, sorry, it's just not going to work out very well for you. So <clears throat> you see the, again, humble barber in the beginning, eager to learn, you know, looking at all the haircut tutorials, you know, buying courses left and right, which there's nothing wrong with that because the best way to get to somewhere is obviously follow some, someone else's path, listen to their advice. That, that's if they're willing to give it to you and you're willing to listen. So a lot of people do this. Yeah. You're willing to do this. And this can cut down a lot of the BS time and smash the like button guys. If you're in the building, feeling, feeling the content, we're going to get into some interesting stuff. So a lot of people like to take that shortcut and there's nothing wrong with taking a shortcut to success because there's no point to go down this road of barbering or really just any journey in life, whether you're trying to start a new business in trucking or barbering, or maybe you want to start a restaurant. There's no point to bump your head when you don't have to, because there have been people that have bumped their head already. So learn from their mistakes, strategize, implement, and then execute. Very, very simple because what's very frustrating is you going through something and you're ended up in a classic scenario where you're making the classic mistake, where you're making the foolish mistake of, oh, he did this, everyone's done this, or everyone who's an idiot did this. Don't let that be you, okay? And <clears throat> this is that evolution in barbering. Now, in the beginning, you're humble, you're very nice, you know, you're very mild mannered and respectful. This is great because <clears throat> through your journey, I should have brought some water with me. I was just working out, you know, maybe a couple of hours ago, and I'm still kind of feeling the effects of the workout. But um, what you find is, when people get a little success, they tend to go off the rails. And again, it goes back to 
how you came in the game or really your upbringing or how tainted you really are, how solid of a person you really are. Because here's the thing, you can be nice, respectful, all this stuff, but if you don't have it deep down in your heart, it's going to show itself later on. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's just how it is. You can't have me go out here and run into a store and shoot up the store. That's just not in me. Some of you it is. And God, smash the like button if you're in the building, if you're feeling the content, all that good stuff. Smash the like button, okay? And also, let me know where you guys are listening to the podcast from. <clears throat> it's just like they say about hypnosis. When you see people like, oh, you know, because some people are like, oh, hip, hip, hypnosis is not real. Like, oh, how are you making this person? And what I hear them say a lot of the times is they're only doing what they're really allowing themselves to do, what they're capable of doing. You can't make someone go in here, shoot up a Walmart. No, not going to happen. Just like with you. You can't go out and have sex with a little seven-year-old girl because it's not in you, but some people can. And that's the difference. Again, how you start usually is how you finish. So you'll see the barbers again, go through humble. They start, they start going into the barber shops. They get a little bit of skill. And what ends up happening is they get some skill. Then they start falling off. Then they start feeling themselves. They start getting a little cocky, you know, and this is where things start to fall off the rails because you have to stay humble through the journey. It's nice to be fresh, flashy and all this other stuff, but I'm going to be real with you. If you have to go through your career stepping over people to get to the top, this is not the way that you want to conduct yourself. Being known as the person that steps over people to get to the top, to get what he wants. Because here's the thing. <clears throat> a lot of people get upset by a scenario or situation where the same rules have to be enforced on them. Yeah, they chose to play the game, but they didn't want to play by the rules of the game. They thought that they were impervious to the shortcomings that the rules may be enforced on them. Oh, oh, I'm me. I, what do you mean? I am me. Why is this happening to me? I'm me, but I'm doing it. Just be, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah, I know it's the rules, but, but it's me. Why, why does this have to apply to me? I'm, I'm just trying to do this to get ahead, but why me? And this is what people do. I'm telling you. The, this is the thought process of people. <clears throat> they think, oh, man, nobody's looking. Oh, I'll, I'll do this. But if someone finds out, now it's good because I'm me. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, people are very selfish in their pursuits of success. I've seen it time and time again. Now, in that selfishness, you were humble. You took all the advice. You looked up to people, whether you looked up to them as a mentor or whatever the case may be. You get some success. Now you can be like the little bird that's ready to leave the nest. You're going off. You're flying. You're doing your thing. 
you're like, man, this is pretty good. I'm able to do my own thing. I don't need these people anymore. So let's step over them. And I'm the man. Let's forget about all this stuff that happened in the past. Because I'm the man. And it's just like, okay, okay, okay. But, and this is one of those shortfalls where things start to go off the rails. Because if you're here and you show gratitude to people on your way up, but once you get up, you start kicking people down. You're like, hey, I don't need them. Like, who? Because you've blazed your own path. You didn't stay humble along the process. And I always tell you guys, stay humble. Now, some people will say, fuck that. Fuck being humble. Look, guys, there's a there's a right way and there's a wrong way to go about being humble. Or even just being confident. You can, you can be confident and still remain humble at the same time. You know, this whole being cocky thing, that doesn't mean like shitting on people, saying, oh, I'm the best and tearing down someone else like no 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 no. that's not what that means you can show love to everyone and let your peers dictate how good you are because at the end of the day in any competitive landscape whether you know you compete in a barber competition basketball football baseball hockey there's a competitive architecture and through that competitive architecture, you will find out who is the best at the end of the day. <laughs> okay. And <clears throat> with that, either the rules or your peers will decide. That is what you need to do. You don't need to tell anyone that you're great. Your work, the type of person that you are will dictate how great you really are. And this is, again, that shortcoming, being cocky, not staying humble. Being humble is a very good trait to have, especially once you reach success. Because as they say with money, you give someone $1,000, they act like a fool. You give someone a million dollars, they'll act like an even bigger fool. And I don't want this to be you guys. I've seen people like this where they get up there to a point where they think they're the man. But in in reality, it, it's a different story. It's It's not true because... They're still this guy. They just have this inflated perception of themselves. And I don't want this to be you because, again, you have to stay humble. Remaining humble through the process will keep you relevant. You're not going to come out here and hear these stories through DMs or messages like, oh, man, this, man this, I know this dude, yeah, he, he's big over here, but, man, this dude done did this. Man, he did me like blah, blah, blah. You hear all these <clears throat> horrible stories about things that you've done to people. And people are saying to themselves, like, man, but he's this over here. Really? <laughs> I've heard it. I've seen it. Don't let this be you. You want to construct your career as a barber the way you want. Now, look, if you just want to be a douchebag, hey, go right ahead. Be my guest. But what I'm telling you here is things to watch out for along the journey to avoid ending up like this, you know, because not everyone's the same. Let's just be real. You know, a lot of people fall into the trappings of success. Get a little money, start acting a fool. Nobody can tell me nothing. Like, who are you now? I'm, 
you know, it's like that thing when they say uh, the master and the student, there's always that point where the student challenges the master. And then the master has to remind the student, I'm the damn master. <laughs> I done taught you everything that I know, but there's also some things that I didn't teach you. And the reason you have to hold back is because some people are just like this and you can see it early. There are signs early that you can tell when someone is going to go rogue. The signs are there early. You just have to pay attention to them. And some people are very humble. Some people aren't. Again, it gets really tricky when money's involved. <laughs> when someone's making money doing something that's very lucrative, it's hard to tell them anything if they're not humble, because when you're not humble, nobody can tell you anything. It's like, oh, who are you? Oh, you only got this many followers or you only charge this much for a haircut. How can I listen to you? Good information is good information no matter where it is disseminated from. It does not matter. And this is, again, one of those trappings. Like I said earlier, people that can only receive information if it comes from a source that's like this and blah, 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 like this. <sighs> yeah. Not going to happen. So I don't want you guys falling into these traps. And shout out to everyone who's listening. You know, share the podcast, all that good stuff. I see we have viewers from different areas. And it's always interesting. Uh, every week on the podcast, we have people from different areas, different countries. And it's like, wow. Man. Makes me want to visit some of these places. Well, really outside of the U.S. You know, the U.S., Eh, you know, going to New York or California, that doesn't really get me excited. But, uh, you know, going out of the country to some of these places, that does seem more interesting because barbering is interesting around the world. Because barbering, let's say, in Southeast Asia, you know, obviously they're not making the same amount of money as we are here in the U.S., U.K., Canada, versus, you know, you going somewhere in Europe or maybe Eastern Europe. Good barbers there. A lot of good talent. Oh, what's up, Mwat? <clears throat> so I'm always curious. So whenever I do start taking these journeys, I'm, I'm definitely going to pop into some places just to see how things are. Um, but back to the barbering career. So you want to construct your career how you want it. You have to set up a vision in the beginning and then work your plan. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to stick to a plan. 100% of the time, you don't have to be headstrong and like, oh, I'm going to do it just like this. Or, and then a year goes by. Yeah, yeah I'm still doing it like this. Or, two years, three years, five years. I'm still doing it. Like <clears throat> Me being a person who has gone through life, you know, done a lot of things. I understand that things change. Plans change. And you have to be flexible. You have to be willing to say, okay, this was cool. Okay, let me try it like this instead. Oh, who I have this opportunity? Okay, let me try this because you can't be so stubborn and pigheaded where you're you're just solely focused on this one thing, but you completely ignore opportunities that come your way because hey, this is what I'm gonna do. This is my plan. And <clears throat> this is just me telling you guys as someone who has a lot of life experience and I understand life changes. It's just like if you look at sport, 
because a lot of you guys can relate to sport. Let's say a team comes out and they have a great game plan. Both teams have great game plans, right? To stifle the offense or the defense or whatever. They have great game plans. But as we know, game plans do not always work. What happens when a team fails to execute on the game plan and they continue to execute on that game plan? It ends up in a blowout. It's, a, it's an embarrassing loss for the team. Whatever. What do good teams do? What do good players do? They adjust mid-game. You have to make these small little adjustments. You have to realize the shortcomings that's happening. And you're like, oof, man, if we're going to continue down this road, we're going to continue to get our asses kicked. And we don't want this for you in your barbering career. You have to make the adjustments. Just because you had a vision to do this, and me included, I had a vision to go to Barber College, get the instructor license, get my cosmetology license, and then do A, B, and C once I finished all the schooling. I quickly realized that I don't want to go to cosmetology school. I really don't care about it. I was just doing it for the credentials, and I don't want to do women's hair. Therefore, I was, this doesn't make sense. So I said to myself, hey, I'm just going to go off here and go to Barber College, of course, you know, that's number one, and go to the go through the instructor program. Whatever happens after that, we will see. I'm not going to completely leave cosmetology out. It's about 90% out, but <clears throat> I won't completely close that door. But of course, plans change, as you saw. And even when you talk about my finances and, you know, told people about my plan to retire from barbering. What is it was at 2022. So in about eight years, I plan on retiring from barbering and I have a plan now. Has this plan changed over the last couple of years? Yeah. I've made little adjustments to the plan. The plan is still eight more years, which is 2030, but I've made little tweaks to the plan tweaks that could possibly accelerate it or, Maybe have me with more income or more assets once that, you know, 10-year mark. Well, it's eight years from now, but 10-year mark from when the plan was created. That's just flexibility. <laughs> so this is what I want to tell you guys. Be flexible in life. Your barbering career, it, it's, a, it's a great industry to be in, especially if you're in an area where the wages are fair and you could actually get ahead in life because there's nothing worse than working in a job where you love it, but you're not being compensated for the amount of love that you're putting in to what you're doing. And I'm going to be honest. I can't do something that I just love and get paid a low income. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Uh, if, I were barbering and I was getting paid pennies, you know, oh my, I can't, oh, if I was, oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine, you know, these barbers and of course it's the economy of where some of these people live. I, I watch travel vloggers and I'll see them go to these places, very remote, all, almost third world countries it looks like. 
And the haircuts are like a dollar, two dollars, three dollars. And I'm just like, man, <clears throat> how are they living off of this? Now I understand their the economy there, things are a lot cheaper, cost of living, yada yada yada. But it's very hard to get ahead, you know, when you're making one, two, three dollars per haircut. Oof. Now, when you compare that to haircut prices here here in the US, you might think like, whoa, you're rich. But the cost of living here in the US is a lot. There's a stark difference between the cost of living here in India, here, Thailand, here, uh, Dominican Republic, here, Peru, you know, stark, stark difference. But in, in contrast of the cost of living and just everything, the infrastructure, the economy, everything. So when I think, like, man, could I? Could I still do this if I was getting paid a pittance? Uh, I don't know. So if that's the case, maybe you have to transition. But I've always tell you guys, get a side hustle. Get some extra income coming in because one income is too close to broke. I tell you guys this all the time. I don't want this to be you. And this is what I tell people in my consultant calls where I consult with people. If you guys didn't know, I do consulting where we try to get people on a plan, get the, their personal finances sit, sit, uh, situated and set up and do some personal accountability because there's one thing to do something, but you not be accountable. You to make excuses about your shortcomings in life and the things that go wrong for you. Personal responsibility is the biggest part for a lot of people because a lot of people make excuses. They're like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, it's not my fault. Oh, well, you know, this, you know, it's because, no, the common denominator is you in this story, you. So whatever happens, let's say you get fired from five different places. The common denominator is you. You didn't go work at five different McDonald's and get fired from five different McDonald's. No, you went from McDonald's to Wendy's to Arby's to Burger King to Chick-fil-A, and you got fired. So the common denominator is you in this situation. So <clears throat> these are things that in your barbecue, you have to make these adjustments. You have to do all this stuff. I'm going to get you some of you guys' comments. Uh, shout out to everyone leaving the uh, comments in the comments. Uh, and I'm going to answer some of you guys' comments. So if you guys have questions that pertain to the topic at hand drop them in the comments below because i'm going to get to you guys' comments here shortly and your barbering career should be fun it should be enjoyable it shouldn't be something that you dread doing you don't look forward to you wake up and you're like oh damn it ah now of course let's be honest not every job is going to be peaches and cream roses every single day. There are going to be days where you don't like it, where you're just like, oh, I don't want to go in. Uh. But when you get in the saddle, you're like, oh, man, doing my thing. Oh, you know, it's fun. Or even maybe just have a bad day. These things happen. Everyone has a bad day at the office or two or three or four or five, whatever the case is. These things happen. But you have to stay the course. Design your barber career the way you want to live your life. 
the way you see yourself living 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Put yourself in a position to where once we get from point A to Z, you can walk out in style. You can walk out with dignity, with your head held high, not in shame, guilt, regret. No, we, we don't want to walk out of barbering under these circumstances because trust me, I've been in situations like this. I don't want them for you. I know how this feels. So I don't want this to happen to you. Okay. So there's no worse thing in the world to go through something, have all of the opportunities in front of you. And in the end, you've squandered everything. You've, as they say, fumbled the bag. I know you young guys like to say that you fumbled the bag. I don't want this to be you. Don't I hate that term. Fumble the bag. Oh, I don't want you to squander opportunities, leave money on the table, you know, because there's nothing worse than missed opportunity because in this life, time is your worst enemy. We're not getting any younger. The time doesn't slow down and speed up as much as it might feel like it. Because I remember being younger and especially in my school days, you would say to yourself like, Oh man, this year is going by so slow or, Oh, this year is man. It feels like it's, but once you get older, it's like, oh, dang, this year's over. Look, it's 2022. We're two years into the Rona. And it just, it only feels like a year to me. The, the time is just going by so fast. We're already in the month of February. It's February 1st. Just imagine, you know, we sleep, blink, wake up. It's going to be damn October and the year's going to be almost over. So I tell you guys, get on it now. And you don't have to live a life of regret. Because there's nothing worse than you going through your life. And let's say you do put a plan together and you're like, you're on the right path. You're checking boxes. You're doing what you need to do. You're crushing it. And just those little ideas, just thoughts just pop up in your mind. Like, damn, I missed out on this opportunity. Damn. If I only knew back then what I know now, I don't want this to be you, especially if you're younger. Take advantage of the stuff. If you need to book a console, book a console. I can hook you up. I do a barber on Instagram, but I'm telling you, you don't want to live your life like this because you could look now and say like, oh man, I don't want to struggle for four to five years, seven years. I don't want to sacrifice. Blah, blah, blah. Trust me. This time goes by fast. Trust me. This goes by fast. Trust me. People sacrifice for four, eight, 10 years for college degrees. You can't, you can't sacrifice this long. This makes no sense to me. You can't sacrifice this long. And this just proves how much of a bullshit artist you are. If you can't sacrifice this long, what does that tell me? You're a bullshit artist. Plain and simple. You're a bullshit artist because there's no, it's not difficult to put your pride aside for a few years to sacrifice, to get the things that you want because good things in life aren't easy. If you really, really want something in life, if you have a deep burning desire for something like a goal, it shouldn't come easy. Just like last week when I was talking about money and being the man, one of my clients was like, oh, this is hard. Man, that's going to be hard. Being the man ain't easy. <laughs> Trying to get 20 to 30 or $50,000 in your bank account ain't easy. Okay. It's, it's not easy. It's not going to be an easy road. So, just know if you, you know, reach out to me to book a consult, 
the stuff that I'm going to give you is not easy. I'm not out here going to, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sell you a dream. This stuff takes time. It takes effort. It takes sacrifice and discipline and execution. If you can't do that, don't reach out to me because I don't have any magic dust to sprinkle on you to make everything just better instantly. No, it's going to take work on your part. And <clears throat> and me personally, I just, I love the grind. I, I love the journey of doing all this stuff because when you look back on it, you could be like, man, I did this and this and this. And it's something that you did. It's something that you can appreciate when you look back on it and say, man, I did that. Man, all of this hard work culminated to this. It's all worth it. Versus you out here having fun, spending money fast, caring the world, just living free, blowing in the wind like a leaf that falls off the tree. You're just, just wherever the wind blows, that's where you're going to go. And you're just, you know, you're like, hey, it's just me. I'm, hey, I have no responsibility. Trust me, that type of life is going to catch up with you because here's the thing. And I'm going to answer you some of you guys' comments here in a couple minutes. I'm going to tell you, unless you make an absorbent amount of money, if you make mistakes like getting in tons of debt, screwing off your credit, not putting a plan together and executing, meaning saving and investing, putting yourself in a financial position to be a viable person later in life to where you can have investments that are producing you income. If you're not doing th these types of things for yourself, trust me, it's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard because once you finally wake up and get out the matrix, you're going to be like, whoa, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so behind. And it goes back to what I said. If you don't make an absorbent amount of money, and this is why I always tell you guys, try to make more money. You know, the, the best thing you can do is try is to try and make more money. Question for you guys. As I talked about in the podcast a few podcasts ago, inflation was 6.8% last year. What is the best way to combat inflation? Someone drop that in the comments below. The answer to that question. What is the best way to combat inflation? Drop it in the comments below. Now, uh, back to the absorbent amount of money. Unless you make an absorbent amount of money, it's going to be hard to dig yourself out of a hole because it's a different story. You know, it's different. Look, when you're making $30,000 a year versus making 80, 100, 120, 150, when you're making that amount of money per year, the, the higher end, you can get yourself out of trouble fairly quickly uh, versus you making $30,000 a year. And let's say you've racked up a hundred, 150,000, maybe $200,000 worth of debt. And you're, you finally woke up out of the matrix and you're trying to get your stuff together and get your, you know, exit with dignity out of this barber career. It's a, it's a lot harder to do on $30,000 a year. This is why I always tell you guys, make more money, make more money. So no one answered the question I see. No one answered the question, how do you combat inflation? Because, like I said, inflation last year in 2021 was 6.8%, which means if you had $10,000 in the bank at 2020, at the start of 2021, 
the start of 2022, you would have $700 less. Yeah. If it would just sat in the, ba- in the bank. Yeah. Less. $700 less. Your buying power of your money shrunk by almost 7%. Now, that's not 7% across the board. Of course, you know, real estate may be higher or lower or goods and services may be higher and lower or, you know, the food may be higher and lower. We'll see. Come on, someone else. Come on. Come on. Come on, guys. What's the best way to combat inflation? Come on. Someone someone give me the answer. And the answer might shock you guys. Because a lot of people, when I tell them this, they're like, oh, very simple. But people don't think like this. This is what I'm trying to tell you. I think differently than most people. The answer is very simple. Please, someone give it one more shot. Somebody give it one more shot because Zach Bay says, I would say it is being prepared for the raising prices by having the reserves ready. No. No. Because it goes back to what I said about that $10,000, Zach Bay's. The buying power is less. You did not combat inflation by doing that. M.A. Hustle says, I say stocks combat inflation. It all depends. It all depends. Because the historical average of, let's say if you invest in the S&P 500 index or mutual fund, whatever, ETF, whatever, historically, it's around 7 8%. <laughs> you made 7 or 8%. Inflation was 7%. That's a zero-sum game. However, we do know the S&P was over 20% last year. So, partly true. Eric Watson says invest. Tragic says investments. (laughs) I say don't eat as much and save all kinds of resources around. You can fight inflation. Man, you guys, Eric also says, save money outside the bank. Here's the answer, guys. Make more money. That's how you combat inflation, guys. Make more money. Very simple. I I know you guys were like, hmm. See, and that's the thing. People don't think like this. Just make more money. There's no point to sit here and whine, bitch and complain, like, oh, inflation's 7% this year. This is some bullshit. Like, man, housing went up. Make more money. It's that simple. Just make more money, guys. Make more money. Now, whether that's through a side hustle, great. Whether that's through raising your haircut prices, even greater. Because I just raised my haircut prices at the beginning of the year. When I saw those inflation numbers, and I knew the inflation numbers were going to come out high because it just makes it just makes sense. You know, the idea that all of this stuff has been pumped into the economy, it just screamed inflation is here. And I knew inflation was here even what in 2020. I was like, oh, 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 the signs are coming for some inflation. Cause 
things are just going up. And I saw it. I, I mean, look, I was doing renovations uh, over the summer. So I saw the, the inflation of those lumber prices and other things. Uh, food, I saw these. Obviously, gas. <laughs> so it, it's just crazy. So again, guys, very simple. You got, and this is what I'm trying to tell you guys. You got to think like this. You got to think like this because a lot of people, and I tell some of my clients this, you know, because a lot of my clients will talk about money, investments, and other things, and which I love talking about this stuff. It's fun to me. And I told one of them, or a few of them, I was like, just make more money. And he was like, oh. He was like, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Because as a barber, you can dictate your income. That's the beautiful part about being a barber. And walking from A to Z through your career, you can set your income. If inflation was 7% last year, you can raise your haircut prices by 20% if you want to, 10%, 15% if you want to. It's all up to you. Now, of course, you have to live with the consequences of it, but you can do that. You go work at, give me a job. Give me a job. Let's say you're the manager of Walmart, manager of Target. You can't just walk in and say, hey, guys, I noticed inflation came in at 6.8% in 2021. Can you give me a 7% raise this year or a 10% raise this year? They're going to laugh you out the building. They are going to laugh you out of the building because you can't do that. You what? Yeah, yeah, you're the manager here, but you can't dictate to us. What? You're coming in here making demands. Who do you who do you think you are? <laughs> They're going to laugh you out of the building, guys. This is why it's so great to be a barber because you and self-employed. If you're if you are self-employed, I know some bar barbers are not self-employed, but if you are. You can set your own income, and that's the beauty of it. And smash the like button, guys, if you're feeling the content. See how, see how my eyes got big? Smash the damn like button. And also, share this podcast uh, with anyone that you care about, you know, because I don't want you to share it with everybody. Share it with people that you care about. That's the biggest thing to me. Drew's Cuts, what's up? I see you. So making more money is crucial, guys. Um, Again, I always I, I talked about it before. The the twenty something dollar haircut days are over. That stuff's over, guys. If you know people that are doing this, get away from them. Get away from them. These days are gone. The twenty dollar, twenty five dollar. This 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 stuff's gone, guys. Stop. It costs so much to live these days, and I'm talking about the U.S. Okay, guys. So for all of my foreigners out there, you know, if it don't apply, let it fly. Uh. This stuff is crazy. The price of homes, and I'm going to be honest, like some people are saying there's going to be a real estate crash. I'm going to be honest. I don't see there being a real estate crash. I can see there being a, a slight pullback. But the danger or what I'm really worried about is this just being a new threshold. Meaning, let's say real estate values pull back 10%. And let's say it stabilizes at, 10, at that 10% pullback. And that becomes the new threshold. That could be the case. Because here's the thing. When prices go up, hey, I've, I've been on this earth for 41 years. They don't come back down. Most things don't come back down. You know, gas, you know, fluctuates. It's very cyclical. But things usually don't go back down. I remember 20 years ago, the little bag of chips, you know, the small one. I can get those for 25 cents. 
a lot of places sell them for 50, 75. I've even seen a dollar. I was like, whoa, it's for the small bag. I used to buy those for 25 cents. Candy bars, I remember. You can get them for like 50 cents when I was a kid, 25 cents. They're like a dollar. Back in the day, uh, the king size would be a dollar. But now just the regular one is a dollar. So when things go up, guys, they don't come back down. They don't. The price of milk is not going down. The price of eggs, that price is not going down. Guys, goods and services, they don't just go down. You just have to hope to try to get a deal, okay? So Drew's Cuts, I, I, I'm going to uh, answer some of you guys' questions because I got to get out of here soon. Got to go pick up the kitties. So I'm going to start answering some of you guys' questions. If you guys have questions, uh, whoa, drop them in the comments. Uh, let me scroll up here. So my man, um, who's that, Mwad? Mwad, he says, uh, hey, how you doing? Going to be doing some UFC streams again anytime soon? Yes, I will. I plan on doing some. For the Francis card, I wanted to, but then at the last minute, I was like, eh. and I actually am glad that I did that because that fight didn't live up to the hype. Zach Bay says it's it's just a good way to learn something new and might be able to work well for you. That's the thing I love about barbering, and I'm always learning something new. That is amazing. And remember to stay humble along the way because I've seen people, once they start learning and getting a little bit of success, they think they know more than the person they learned it from. So they'll step over them on their way to the top. So remember everyone on your way up. Because here's the thing. This is why people fall hard because they stepped over people on the way up. This is why people fall hard. If you've been kind, courteous and humble to people on the way up, the fall will not be as harsh. Because when you fall, you will have people there to support you on the way down. And the descent will not be so drastic. <laughs> I, the, the, the fact that people find that hard to grasp, that the concept of that, is staggering. Staggering. Having a good support system. Having people that love you. And this is where haters come in because haters will hate on someone that gets a lot of love and support. Because... They're like, why is he getting all that? Why do people law Stop. If you're doing this, stop. This is lame. This is lame loser behavior. Obviously, this person, this, this person has done something right for people to love this guy to really come at his aid at, in a time of need. So crazy. Arik, he says, we need more videos like this. Major help. I will be tuned in from this point on. I'll tell the crew as well. Shout out to you. Got to give you the wink and the gun. Boom. Because, and by the way, uh, Eric, Eric, I've been, go back and, you know, look at some of the previous podcasts. I've been talking about this stuff for a while. Uh, Zach Bays, the flexibility is no joke. Had plans to open up my own shop three to five years after getting my license. That being said, I ended up opening it less than a year after that. I'm the only barber in my town. Wow. Zach Bays, I wish. Look, and by the way, guys, I live in Dallas, okay? I wish I was the only barber in Dallas. <laughs> that, that would never happen. But just, oh, oh, I would love to be in that situation, Zach Bays, to where I could be the only barber in the city. That means you can dictate the perception of barbering in your city. Because I'm going to be real. 
a lot of bad actors have given barbers a bad name. And Zach, you can be the catalyst of people's perception of the barbering industry moving forward in your city. You can create a monopoly in your city. And also, you know, you can dictate your income because, hey, you're the only game in town. Man, Zach, babe, you are in a great position. Uh, M.A. Hustles, how do you stand the turbulence of the ups and downs on your barbering journey? It's easy because the end goal keeps me motivated. When I think about, man, having houses in different continents of the world and in different countries, being able to come and go as I please due to the investments that I've made throughout my barbering career and having the flexibility to live the life I want, man, that motivates the hell out of me. So the little turbulent things where maybe you get a bad customer here, there, and I'm going to be honest, I don't get upset about bad customers. I don't know if you guys know, but I've been doing this series called the Barbershop Chronicles, where I talk about stories within the barbershop, which I'm actually going to drop a Barbershop Chronicles uh, video this Thursday. Uh, I don't want to, I was going to just tease the video. I'm not going to do that. Just go tune in a lot of lessons in the Barbershop Chronicle videos. And yeah, so I, I don't want to tease because I'm going to give up too much. But remember, the end goal is will get you through a lot of this stuff. He says, I also noticed you said that you wouldn't cut for pennies. In that case, what kept you staying consistent when the money wasn't as good as it is now? I'm assuming. Because I knew there was, I knew the plan that I was on would yield a great result. It's just like, if you guys don't know, I have a garden in my backyard. I used to do gardening videos on, on the channel. But when I plant something in the garden, I know the timetable of when it will harvest whether it's 45 days, 90 days, three years, whatever the case may be. If I know this, if I've done the proper steps, I, I have the right soil, right? It's getting the right sunlight. I'm giving it the appropriate amount of water. This should harvest. Same thing with the, uh, me not making a lot of money in the beginning. I knew what could happen if I stuck to this now, I'm going to be real. Like when I first started working at the barbershop, I really wasn't making a lot of money. I really, I really, really wasn't. It was some slow days, but it's a whole lot different now, whole lot different now. Uh, so having a good plan and sticking to the plan, like this is what I always tell, I tell you guys this about like just going at a whim and just doing things like, Oh, it's magic. Planning is a big part. This is why people put business plans together so you can have some structure and a strategy to execute on. Uh, what's up, DJ? What's that? DJ Panic and Dom Futuro? What's up? He says he enjoys his work overall as a barber. Thank God for the talent and your uh, and for directing client directing clients my way, even if if they pass four to five. Yeah, yeah. That's crucial. Zach Bay says, uh, I would say it is okay. 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 We got, I guess we were t got to the inflation portion. All right. Whoa. What the hell is that? Let's see. Zach Bay says, uh, I do have the setup with, oh, okay. It's half disc golf slash barbershop. That's interesting. Drew's cut says, I agree. And inflation is up, so my prices went up in December 2021 to 10% more. Drew and I are thinking on the same wavelength. 
guys, you have to think like this. And I know a lot of people get scared when it's time to raise your prices. Like, oh, I don't want to bring. Guys, this is a part of business. This is a part of life. If you're afraid of your clients, stop it, guys. Stop it. If you think like, oh, they're, they're not, they're not going to pay this much more because ooh, stop being scary. You're being a scary little bitch. Stop it. Okay. This is the way of the world. Things go up. I've like, when I raised my prices at the beginning of the year, a lot of clients like, oh, I saw you uh, raise your prices. I was like, yeah, 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 I did. Or someone was like, oh, did you raise your prices? I was like, yeah, I did. And that was the end of the conversation for uh, for a lot of people. Now, some people, we expounded on the conversation, and I said, hey, uh, you know, you know, inflation, inflation was 6.8% uh, this year. Now, I talked to a lot of my clients, and, of course, by our conversations, I know a lot of my clients got raises. <laughs> I know a lot of my clients are making some good money. A lot of my clients, they're making some good money. So my little pittance of a raise is a drop in the bucket for them. And yeah, they don't mind paying it either. And the compounding effect of, you know, the raise will also help the tips, especially if people pay by credit. 10% of $40 is better than 10% of $30. So just do the math. Zach Bays, he says, being in a small town, I'm scared to raise prices because there's such there's a salon in town that charges $10 for men's cuts and I'm at 15. Ooh, here's the thing. People get scared when you're like, oh, the competitor's doing this. Set, your, set yourself apart from your competitor. Do something different than your, than your competitor. That's the best way to set yourself apart. I hate when I hear this. People say like, oh, you know, like I'm going to charge this. At least, you know, I'm doing this better than them. At least I'm not like... Yeah, but you're just like a step ahead. You know, you're just like, eh, like barely ahead. Set yourself, separate yourself from the competition. This is what you do in business. In business, the gloves are off. You're coming for people's throats. You're there to eliminate the competition. Eliminate their ass. Why would you want to try to compete at a level that's like, uh, oh, just like barely better than them? No, wipe they ass off the map. That's what you do in business. And a lot of people don't have this heart. You got to be cold in business because think about this, especially when you think of public companies, things like this. It's fierce. You have to satisfy the shareholders. If you're a public company, you need to bring in profits. Now, I'm not going to say by any means necessary because there are, the SEC does have rules. <laughs> but if you want your share values to go up, if you want profitability, you, you got to have profitable quarters, year-over-year year performance. You, you got to have this stuff. And if you're not, it's going to suffer. Now, yeah, I might know the CEO of whatever company, but we got to find a way to crush them. That's business. So, you know, this little one-upsmanship, like, oh, I'm going to charge 15, you know. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I would charge. I would, look, I would just charge more. 
I would charge more. Now, I don't know this salon. If it's a chain, I'm going to be real. If it's like a Supercuts, Great Clips, you know, Sports Clips, it ain't hard to beat them. It ain't hard to beat them, okay? JB some waves, what's up? Drew's cuts never outshine your master. Oh, it's part of the 48 Lars of Power. Boy, oh boy, Drew's cuts. I'm, you know, I've never read that book, The 48 Laws of Power. But it's so funny when I hear people reference the 48 Laws and they'll be like, oh, don't do this. And I'm just like, hmm, I do this stuff naturally. Well, the things that they mention. And I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. I, I, like a lot of stuff is like, duh. And some of the stuff I just do naturally. So maybe I should read this book one day. But yeah, I, you know, if you guys didn't know, I used to fight MMA professionally and we would get people that come into the gym and maybe they just want to challenge the best dude in the gym or, you know, maybe because they were training with their buddies in the backyard and they're like the man amongst their friends. And now they want to step up to the newest level because they got a little confidence and other, or even just like, oh, I've been training here for years. Like, let me try. Trust, I'm going to be real with you. I've been in a lot of gyms. That stuff usually don't end well. It don't. It really don't. Oh, Anthony Afshire, man. Happy birthday. He turned 16 today. Shout out to you, man. Happy birthday. Let's see. Answer a few more questions before I get out of here. Any, oh, okay. No, 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 no. Okay, so Ultra Magneto says us cosmetologists go through it too. I was scared for years to go up. Sad when clients tell you it's time to go up. <laughs> and that's bad. When you, when you when you have clients, you have actual clients that say, "Dude, you should go up on your prices." That's bad. Like you know it's bad. When when the consumer is out here here I'm willing to pay you more money here. That's bad when you have the consumer telling you that they're willing to pay you more money. You should be able to dictate this because at the end of the day, you're the business owner. You're, you should be in control. You should be looking at the numbers. You, could, you should be looking at the, the facts, the data statistics. Oh, okay. Um, this, okay. This just only makes sense. All right. Uh, you know, boom, I'm raising the prices. And you know what's funny too about raising the prices? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't warn my clients when I'm raising the prices. I just raise them. <laughs> I'm gonna be real. The 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 last over the last year when I raised my prices twice, I didn't tell anyone. There was no social media post. I didn't send out a notification through the app. I just raised the prices. <laughs> and I always find it funny when people uh, put out the the post on Instagram. Hey, January 1st, we'll be raising our haircut prices from $35 to $40, blah, blah, blah. And they, and sometimes they'll follow with a sentimental paragraph of, oh, if you, I'm sorry if this, da, da, da. dude, stop, stop. Just raise the damn prices and keep it moving, okay? They'll figure it out. You know, you, you act like your clients are dumb. <laughs> I swear, people, <laughs> people are hilarious. They actually think clients are stupid clients notice this stuff this is why i'm did i just tell you earlier how over the last month the people who have come in like some of them not all but some of them like oh you raise your haircut prices they notice this stuff when they come they're not idiots they're not just like they're not blindly booking appointments they're paying attention to this stuff 
they saw oh oh so new hair oh okay oh, okay i'll still book <laughs> it's hilarious man oh my gosh i need to get out of here oh yeah yeah okay no oh, man you get yeah all right Devonte Williams, he says, yeah, I was not going to pay you if I'm a client and don't consult me as your client. What? Uh, that, that don't make sense. I don't know. Um, Drew's Cut says, you are wise. This is why I chime into your lives. I see a lot of people think it's all about cutting hair, but it's not. It's about relations, service, and being on time. Yeah, this stuff helps too, you know, because here's the thing. Yeah, because I got to get out of here, actually. Um, when someone's faced with that dilemma of like, oh, should I pay more for this? Things go through their mind. And just put yourself in the, the shoes of a consumer. Uh, you have to say to yourself, hmm, how much is this worth paying more? Like, do I want to pay more? Is it worth? Because sometimes it's better to dance with the devil that you know uh, versus you going out there and exploring and, you know, hoping, wishing, praying that, Ooh, I can get something better for cheaper. Yeah, sometimes it's better to dance with the devil that you know. Um, so all this stuff about, you know, this all silly stuff, like have a good relationship with your clients. It, it will help a lot. It helps a lot. And provide value. And I, I would love to believe that I provide a lot of value uh, to my clients, which I do. Um, <laughs> I do. I save my clients a lot of money if they listen to me. But, you know, that's if they listen to me, right? So I'm going to get out of here, guys. I got to go pick up the little ones. It's been nice. I'll see you guys next week in the podcast. And then I will see you in the Barbershop Chronicles episode this Thursday. So I'll see you guys next time. It's been your man. I do a sign out. Ahala.